0: Hi everyone, Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Cheyenne Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program.
1: We are across the street and around the world. Cheyenne
0: well, hello everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Nathan. Welcome back to Wyoming. It is good to be home. It's good to see you, man. Well, so you've you've been uh, in Florida, I guess, right, and doing some speaking down there.
2: Yeah, Florida
0: and yeah. hot and miserable and 96
2: shaking. degrees but like 94% humidity. Perfect. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> so, um so does that mean did, were you gone during frontier days or did you take in frontier days?
2: No, I did get uh, a portion of frontier days. Right. Yeah. And oh. then but part of that then Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. Part of that I was out in uh California, okay, uh, with the in laws on that part. Nice, so, so you had yeah. some vacation time out there. Yeah. That's good.
0: Well, I want to talk about some conservative things. Um, you mentioned about my hat, and uh, oh, yeah. I did. I get this. I got this over in Laramie, and you said you knew this company. Yeah, and they and some of the students at the West Institute. Put these together. What's it yeah, like?
2: yeah. There's a place there called Range Leather. Yeah, and you can spot them from a mile away. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, because they have big that old really, logo. Yeah, right. And they're well-made hats. Yeah. But the fun thing is when you go and buy from Range Leather, by and large, first of all, the the man who started Range Leather, I cannot remember his name right now, but he's a wonderful Christian man. Okay. Goes is very faithful in church over there, huh. and then he hires a lot of guys who. Uh, are, are taking a, um, uh, a seminary class yeah. at uh, the West Institute. Oh, so they'll well, so come they'll, in from all over. They'll work
0: in the, I yeah. see what you're saying.
2: Yeah. I gotcha. They put them together. They they do the sales and everything else. Really and, good quality stuff. I mean, bill but folds, I, I need Eagles. to go get a billfold because yeah. I wore mine out. And uh, they, they make purses. I've cool seen. I don't belts. need a new purse, but well, thanks I'm glad for that. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's really cool. The, I wore the, two of you, their hats all over yeah. Israel. Did you really? Just, yeah, they're just yeah. great.
0: Yeah, I got this one. This is kind of my work hat. I've been. We've been doing stuff outside and everything, yeah. so I didn't want to. I saw my hat head is so so bad that I thought I gonna <laughs> keep my lid on. Yeah, you look cool with that. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. thanks for that. I don't quite look right. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I want to talk about some some okay some interesting things. So. Uh, Can we talk about the interesting development or is it too soon with there's a bit of change in leadership and some some things here in cheyenne can we talk
2: about that yet that might be a little too soon but i do think that we're going to have more details in the coming weeks about some ways in which i think we have opportunity for positive change in cheyenne so we should hold off i think
0: okay that's fine but but it could affect um, it definitely has an impact on education. I believe so, and, and it possibly even yeah. could open up some some new avenues of education that kind of we've been hoping and praying for. Hope so. Would that be true? I think so. It's, it's possible. So anyway, um, I'll, I'll I will I'll leave that one alone for now and just to just to, to tease a little bit. But you had some last time we talked about some conservative things. You know, yeah. some c- conservative platforms. And how it aligns with Christianity, and I think we kind of got through one, two, or maybe we just talked about it in principle. But would you kind of want to back up and kind of let's let's hit some of those yeah. things? What it means to be conservative, and and uh, you you mentioned one time about a guy that you know if he was a politician, you know years ago he would be in the a different party, and he would be actually left of that party. And it seems to me how really things have shifted so much right. that people really haven't changed that much in their position, but based on the new way of scoring, whether you're conservative or liberal, uh, it's kind of shifted under people's
2: feet. So right. I think it's important for us to kind of understand
0: what does conservative mean and what's it look like?
2: You know, I, I like how you, you frame that question because there's a lot of terms that are passed around. Yeah, And for us, the question is, how does a Christian respond to those kind of questions? What is a conservative? What is a liberal? What is a libertarian? Uh, what is a Marxist? Uh, what is a leftist? And is that different from anything else? And so there you got me. My curiosity up. Right. I want to hear the different
0: your definition. Right. Of those, right. Yeah.
2: And those are kind of questions that really we could go for a very long time wow. to, to try to describe all those differences. And yet at the same time, when you look at all of those issues, you'll come to a general understanding that depending on how you define it. A Christian believes in an enduring moral order, if you will. This is also called by some who are outside of Christianity. Uh, They'll point to that as being natural law. Then within the Christian tradition, uh, there are two different broad uh, differences between the way a Catholic and the way a Protestant Uh, or evangelical would look at natural law, but both recognize that there is something called natural law that undergirds all the time. That's right. That's right. So when we talk about conservative, what that generally does is points people back toward the fact that there is, there are underlying laws that undergird who we are. So it's probably a month ago now. That we talked about the first five of those principles, and they're they're found really in the work of a man by the name of uh, Russell Kirk, and I cannot recommend his book more highly. Hmm. Uh, his book is called The Conservative Mind. Now he wrote many books, but that's the most famous. The conservative mind, first and foremost, goes through. Here's the first point he raises: the conservative believes that there is exists an enduring moral order, that human nature is constant, and moral truths are permanent. Uh, is a constant, human nature is a constant, meaning that people are not generally getting better over time, Mm. that when we talk about the principles that our founding fathers were talking about in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution, that human beings then and human beings today uh, are not any better or worse than one another, what they are is they all have a certain nature, the Bible would point to, as that we are fallen, Okay. And so when we talk about moral truths being permanent, this really matters. Now, the interesting thing is, even those who were not Christian, 25 centuries ago, Plato spoke of the same general phenomenon. He noticed it in Greece. And people understand this, regardless of what era you come from. People understand that there is there are permanent things. And so we need to emphasize that. Secondly, conservatives okay. adhere to custom and convention and continuity. What that means is they don't just overturn every generation, all of the world around them, hmm. that they recognize that there are things that we inherit, there's a reason why they came to us. Traditions. Right. Yeah. So for instance, when the French Revolution, yeah. so Russell Kirk and, and his, uh, uh, the man that he admired the most, Edmund Burke, what he was looking at is across the English Channel, France was going through its great revolution at the time. And it was horrific. Uh, it became the Reign of Terror. They were trying to do everything from reorder how many days are in a week okay. to renaming all of the months to starting over the entire calendar over to year one. They called it year the year of Thermidor one. I hmm. don't know how they came to that, but that's how they. Why? It, what was their, their They wanted. The, they believed that they should reestablish everything, huh. that all things prior to that should be overturned and wow. they should remake everything. Wow. And so that a conservative believes that that is a very deadly thing to do sure. and sure enough, even in that instant, it's very important. Yeah So then the third thing, conservatives believe in what could be called the principle of prescription. Okay. And what that means is that conservatives have a general sense that modern people are dwarves uh, are, modern people are dwarves standing on the shoulders yes. of giants right. And that there are many people that have great stature in the past that ought to be heard yeah. because they gave us an idea or ideas that are very important. They're basic understandings that we ought to, every one of us, mm-hmm. we ought to know. Well, even even things that we
0: learn from from huge failures. That's right. In you know, the Nuremberg trials. I mean, you, there's a lot of things you can learn from Absolutely. the failure of humanity right. in that whole And so I wouldn't call those people giants, but their
2: conclusions of like, you know what, this was evil. We can also see that principle found in the New Testament, where the Apostle Paul points out how the people in the Old Testament were there as the old King James Version, calls it in samples. That's not even a word in the modern language today. No, I didn't even know that. We just use the word example. Okay. So it means almost the same thing. Uh, Of course, if you go back into Greek, there's probably some nuance of difference Uh, there. I didn't know that. That's why it's used that way. But that does not mean that every person in the Old Testament was perfect. No, for sure. But we learn from them what to do and what not to do. As yeah. well. Yeah. So a conservative has that recognition sure. of good. those things. So then the, the fourth thing, conservatives are guided by the principle of prudence. Okay, And so Burke, Edmund Burke, the forefather of conservatism, he addressed Plato in this way. He said that Plato understood that prudence was the chiefest of virtues. Okay, That many times when you see something out there that is important... Some people have the tendency to lunge all the way in to just, uh, it, it'd be like if, if you were an investor and you see a really good stock that's making a lot of money, like Enron, Get the wise in. person, Game. yeah, the wise person says, well, let's be prudent. Right. Okay, you might want to put some money over there, but let's not put all of our yeah, eggs in that right. basket. Right. And so, you know, uh, there is prudence. The same thing is true of the issues that you'll face in a modern society. Yeah. So conservatives are guided by the principle so of prudence. Would
0: you say that liberals are, are the opposite of that? Or I mean, because certainly liberals have a prudence, like in that context, for yeah. sure. But would you say in general,
2: is it, is it opposite of these principles? It would be. So this is what, you know, all those terms we were talking about, the difference between a liberal and a leftist and a Marxist yes. and all that? So there are shades there. A classic liberal actually is in many ways a conservative. Yeah. If you go back far enough, right. That's true. later on as the term liberal took a different mean, you still have people like John F. Kennedy, who is seen as liberal, yeah. but by today's standards, He's in many sure ways, he would not be, yeah. well, he would be a moderate, you know, Good. but tending toward conservative. Yeah. But then when you look at a leftist, a leftist and a Marxist, they they're more like that kind of individual that we talk about in the French Revolution that wants to remake everything. Okay. Yeah, we have it within ourselves to make the world over again. Yeah. A man who actually wrote a good book, but he, um, uh, uh, by the name of Thomas Paine, this man's name is Thomas Paine. Mm-hmm. He wrote a very important book in the American Revolution, but he was a a very bad man, so crazy he actually went to France during the French Revolution, and they thought that guy's nuts, mm. <laughs> so they they locked him up. Mm. Anyway, so when we talk about that, a conservative is just different. The prudence is something that you really sense. Fifth. Okay, real quick, oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Yeah.
0: so you mentioned leftist, you mentioned liberal. Where does progressive fit into the, the definition? Yeah.
2: So progressive was a term that began to be used around the time of Woodrow Wilson, in yep. the early 1900s, okay. and it was they were trying to look at a way to make things like early versions of socialism and Marxism sound more palatable to an American audience. They began to use the word progressive. Now, the interesting thing is by the 1920s and early 1930s, the word progressive had fallen into such disrepute because people could see that socialism that people stopped using it. That is until about the last 20 years. Right. When the same ideas probably multiplied by five are being brought back up, but people have forgotten their own history in America. So would
0: you say progressive today has a is it laced with Marxism? Is it surrounded? Is it infected? Is it what would you call that?
2: Yeah, it would be socialism for sure. Okay. Which is a branch of a kind of Marxism. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. Thank you for the yeah.
0: Dissecting those terms. Yeah. That's
2: good. Well the the other thing too, when we talk about the fifth principle, conservatives pay attention to the principle of variety. They feel affection for uh, all sorts of social institutions and modes of life, and so what that means is, unlike the 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 progressivist or the Marxist, they're not trying to drive everybody in the same kind of way. They believe that you have the opportunity to you should have the opportunity to go to Freedom. a church, yeah, yeah, or or believe something that might be different than your neighbor. Right. Whereas the the progressivist, the socialist, the Marxist. Um, really just believes that if you don't believe like they do, that you're a hater.
0: Right.
2: And so they insist that everyone completely agree with them.
0: Right, right, right. yeah.
2: Now, the okay. sixth principle is conservatives are chastened by—this sounds like it, this is a big word, but this is coming from Russell Kirk. They're chastened by the principle of imperfectibility. Okay. Now, that's a fancy word, and a Christian would understand it. Yeah,
0: you're just not no You're one's not gonna, perfect. No, we haven't arrived. <laughs> right. I'm a broken— Right. Center on on the I like how Max Lucado said I'm a beggar, helping another beggar find where to get bread. You know, it's a, it's good yeah. stuff.
2: It's like yeah, that's a good perspective on that. Right. we understand that. So you can see where in many ways when we use the word conservative, if defined properly, you'll understand that a Christian kind of sees the the value in this worldview because they understand. Listen, right. what it, what that means is you you walk through life with humility. Mm -hmm. And it means that you don't overturn things and believe that you have arrived at new truth that everything else should immediately uh, fall under. You recognize that humility. There is a reason why um, uh, someone arrived at this opinion at some point in the past. Mm. That's the principle of imperfectibility, principle six. Principle seven, conservatives are persuaded that freedom and property – closely relate are closely, relin- are oh, closely
0: linked yeah, interesting
2: now this is interesting the scotch in scottish enlightenment understood that when when we talk about property now john locke had phrased it this way that he believed in life liberty and property are inalienable rights okay the problem with that is property is you can sell it and it's alienated from you now but there's a principle undergirding that, that later on, Francis Hutcheson and Thomas Reed and others, uh, David Hume and, and Lord Kames, uh, began to pull out of that understanding. And that is this. You have the right to property. It is an, it is an extension of you as a human being. Mm-hmm. And so if I come and claim your property, I've actually violated you as well that you have something that you own and and that should be considered by everyone else and violate it's built right into your print, into your heart right well and
1: and that's something that um with the 4th amendment the idea of doing a blood alcohol test and stuff like that is considered um Protected under Fourth Amendment rights, and that's why people brought up the Fourth Amendment when it came to in vac- uh, vaccinations being mandated. Is my body internally is covered with illegal search and seizure as much as my house or my car?
2: Mm. Wow. Yeah. See, what an interesting thought. Yeah, see, I didn't you can know that either Casey. It all ties together. Yeah. So that's the seventh principle. Okay. Very good. Wow. That's the seventh pr- principle in a, with an immediate response that everybody can remember yeah for sure so now we're looking at uh, principle number eight of ten conservatives uphold voluntary community which means that they oppose involuntary collectivism yeah so you cannot insist that people come to your church right uh, or that people go to your gym or that people eat at your restaurant, or whatever else. Uh, or let's take a little further. You cannot insist that everyone makes the cake you want them to make. They have a right to uh, yeah. to choose. Yeah. Right, right. You can't insist that someone make the website that you want them to make. They have a right to say no. That's uh, I, I have a voluntary um, um, right to choose what I want to do and what not, and, and choose not to do. It's almost like freedom of is,
0: conscience and recognizing that yeah. freedom of conscience. Yeah.
2: Right, right. Yeah. And if you truly believe in freedom, if, if you are physically free, but you're not mentally free, yeah. are you free? Yeah, no. And I think that's the question. So that's what they're getting at. That's the eighth principle. Nine, principle nine.
0: Say eight again, just as the
2: principle. Yeah. Uh, the eighth principle is conservatives uphold voluntary community Okay. and voluntary. they oppose involuntary collectivism. Got it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, very good. Principle nine conservatives perceive the need for prudent restraints upon the upon power and upon human passions interesting it makes perfect sense sure
0: yeah absolutely
2: <laughs> so I mean that's one where you know when we speak politically the the uh, power is the ability to do as one likes now if power is centralized into the hands of one person and they get to do what they like yeah. that means that many many other people are not doing what they uh, like
0: yeah it's a tyrant.
2: Right, right.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that that whole thing with, you know, his tyrants kind of started back with the pharaohs. You could see that. You know, mm-hmm. they got they got upset. I think one of the real cool passages in, in Genesis is when the, the pharaoh, <clears throat> the new pharaoh had forgot what Joseph did and what he meant and what he meant to that. Right. And so as a result of that, he said, you know what, there's too many of these guys, we're going to oppress them. And that was, so we get to see in the Bible the first picture of that, tyrant or tyranny and oppression of people and it's like power pressing down on people and it's like it didn't work then it doesn't work now and it's uh it's an age-old uh dilemma of the human of power for humanity
2: yeah right so that leads us to the 10th principle okay the 10th principle according to uh, uh russell kirk is this the thinking conservative understands that permanence and change must be recognized and reconciled in a vigorous society.
0: Okay. Wow.
2: Now, and and we'll this can go on in several different ways. I need some but, examples here. I, yeah. I I agree with it, but I just right. like I can't think of an example. So so we do know that technology changes and everything else. So if we insist that everyone live, say, their entire lives are lived circa 1950, okay. Let's say like like Cuba was under uh fidel castro
1: okay
2: or let's say it's lived circa well that same era like north korea okay uh, you know and and so people have no ability to actually adapt or anything else gotcha so what that means is that a conservative okay. is not just a stick in the mud yeah they're... it's just that every decision is weighed through the long lens of prudence and 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 permanent principles and all of those different things now let's take that from a church context when you look at that, do you have to sing songs that were written in seventeen hundred? No. Or nineteen fifty. You 1950? can if you want to. Yeah. You, yeah. you, want to. Yeah. you have that ability. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: But you're right though, when you're when you're stuck in that certain you, there's some churches that too do say, Okay, we're we're kinda this is our era, this is where we think it's inspired or whatever. Right. And no, that's that's an interesting thing. That conservatives are like you know, we, we recognize the value of the past, but we also recognize the newness
2: that God is doing right. something new. It's just that everything is going to be weighed through enduring principles. Yeah. See, that's where it all boils down. Now, let's yeah. look at that from a Christian perspective. What we believe is that we have enduring principles established before the foundation of the earth, yeah. encapsulated in something known as the sacred scripture. Uh, it's, it's the Holy Bible. Mm-hmm. And so everything that we do as a Christian is looked at through the lens of the Bible. And also, we look at that and live it out in real time. And so we're not wearing the clothes Moses wore or the Apostle Paul right. wore, okay. but but we're still looking at life through enduring principles. And so we recognize these similarities because of a shared understanding of moral order and the okay. universe around us. Sure. Does that make sense? Sure. And it's why and you can look in Scripture and you see these guys are human. They're, they...
0: God is dealing with them, and it's like they're just as human as as you and I are, and they have doubts and fears and frustrations and all these other things. And it's like it's really refreshing that God, you know, is, has long-suffering with them, right. you know, because they haven't—but really nothing's changed that much. And mm-hmm. so, no, I, I get that. That's an that's a interesting understanding of the—well, all these principles. I mean, I, I've got a biblical reference to them, but all these principles are rooted—basically rooted, rooted out—come out of Scripture.
2: Exactly, yeah. That's where they were tying it to. I saw uh, over there. I saw that hand. (laughs) I was just uh, thinking about the example you used as
1: for um, different churches singing different songs, but you're talking about looking through the lens. So if you're looking at the song you're choosing to sing in the church, you want to say, does it fit with Scripture? So if you're deciding, no, I'm going to stick with these old hymns because I know they stick with Scripture, or if you're choosing a new song, you look through the lens of, does it fit with Scripture not just taking it because it's the newest thing? Yes, yeah, exactly. And right. that's and that's
2: fitting those two together with what you're saying. Yep. Well said. Exactly. And I don't think a person could phrase it better yep. because you're still holding all things Same up. Same principle. Yeah, to Different. something that is permanent. Uh, what what uh, years ago someone called first things, these are permanent principles.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, these are important important things. So have you been studying these? Is this part of your- Most of my life, actually. Oh, <laughs> all your
2: life. Okay, so- But uh, there's a book. I, oh, I probably read it several decades ago called uh, the conservative mind. yeah, And that's what they really get at. And that's what Russell Kirk wrote in 1953. But he was going backwards and looking at all of this through the lens of, of a historian and yeah. you know, looking at those permanent things. And I think they matter very much today. The thing that sticks in my mind,
0: as I, as I just try to think of all of them, is that is that word prudence. I mean, to, to me, prudence, actually, it kind of, I bet you, if we thought about it, I bet it would lace through a lot of these yeah. um you can see prudence in just about each one of these principles.
2: You know, uh, again, just just uh, three weeks ago, I had the opportunity to listen to uh, Dr. Matthew Spaulding, who is the head of the uh, the grad school for Hillsdale College. Okay. Every year, we I, this is now the fourth time I've heard it. He. Uh, uses prudence from the life of Abraham Lincoln to show what a statesman looks like. Oh yeah! Again, it circles around this word, prudence, that we don't think about very much. Yeah. But Abraham Lincoln used the word a lot. And our founding fathers used the word a lot as well. Yeah. And that's because we can feel a th- certain thing is right, but we still have to think about it carefully, logically, uh, systematically, and not just lunge from from one extreme to the next. Yeah. And a conservative is not a lunger; they're a person that is very thoughtful and deliberate.
0: Yeah, that's good. I like the I like the definition. I get the picture, and it's it's a it's a good understanding. It would it would be interesting to try to unpack, you know, the the opposite of that. Whether it's I'm not sure if the opposite is. As leftist or the opposite is progressive, or the opposite is, is liberal, but whatever that opposite mm-hmm. is, and then are those are there some truisms on uh, some consistencies? There's another well?
2: one to weave in here that matters to Wyoming as a libertarian.
1: Okay. So and
2: that that is probably a talk all unto itself. Okay. Attempting to come to similar positions, but without a full recognition, in many ways, or at least undercutting the basis of that enduring moral order. And so that is the challenge there. But that's such a big thing. It would take a while to well, unpack.
0: That is, no, but that's a very key thing because that's really morality is what, cha-
2: is, uh, what separates um, even even religious thought. Os Guinness in his Golden Triangle of Freedom really hammers this really hard that freedom ha- uh, uh, can only really exist in an environment of morality. Okay. But morality by itself becomes Many different things to many different people okay. unless it is undergird by faith. Oh, yeah. No, it, it could be uh, any sort of faith background, but you can't have morality that will last without faith. And then faith is the one that allows that environment of freedom. Uh, which has to be rest upon morality and morality on faith and he calls it this this golden triangle of freedom. Yeah. And so that that's getting right at your heart you spot immediately because of that conservative mindset you you spot the 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 natural order of this logical progression of thoughts. Yeah. Even if you haven't read Augustine it's right. just it makes sense it's and that's the word the common sense enlightenment Oh, uh, there you it's go. It's common sense. And that goes back to *Census communis with Cicero, and then prior to that to Aristotle and Plato and Socrates. Wow. So there you are by your nature because you have common sense. You understand the conservative argument.
0: Wow. Way to tie it all together. That was That's, fun. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah. That was good. Well, I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably— put a pin in this one and i don't know Mm -hmm. if we'll come back or not but this that's a great picture of uh, a conservative mind a conservative thought and it's kind of your world that's right well as you are listening in i hope you will continue as we've always challenged you to be strong and very courageous god bless you guys